Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. ESPN's Paul Biancardi, college basketball analyst, national recruiting director, and former Horizon League Coach of the Year. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Paul Biancardi, how you been, man? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm doing really well. well it's good to have you back. I know we're on a, a bit of a tight schedule here today, so we'll make the most of our time. We talked seven days ago about what the Hornets did at the trade deadline, who they traded for, what they brought back, who they got rid of. Seven days later and going into the All-Star break, Paul, they're 3-0 and with the new guys, and they look like a brand-new basketball team. And Steve Clifford looks like his blood pressure's dropped 40%. What, what, do you, what do you make of these guys over the last week? Well, you got veterans, you know, with Grant Williams and, and Seth Curry two veteran guys, they're high IQ guys. And anytime you coach a game and you have high IQ basketball players that understand what you're trying to accomplish on each possession, whether it's offensively or defensively, right? They understand the schemes. They know how to execute. And they may not be the most talented guys on the court, uh, but there's plenty of talent in those guys. you got a young Trey man. I think you got guys that needed maybe a change from where they were and guys that bring a high IQ, some toughness to the team. And I think they're team guys. I know Trey Mann from his high school days very well. I know Grant Williams, and, and I follow the career of Seth Curry. So I, I think they're guys that tough IQ, and, and they can shoot it, especially Curry. Real quick, Trey Mann. I could ask you about a lot of these guys, but uh, you saw a lot of Trey Mann at Florida. OKC took him with the 18th pick. We didn't really hear anything out of him after that. And then he shows up to Charlotte, and you know he's got, he's got like 22 assists in his first three games. He dropped 21 the other night. Are, are you surprised at all? No, I had him ranked in our ESPN top 100. He was a top 40, top 20 player in the class. He was terrific out of the state of Florida. Could always score the ball. That was his forte. And then he started to shoot it as he got older in the game. But, you know, at, at OKC, they wanted him to play a little bit of both, of point guard and off guard. Uh, he really didn't have a spot there. Uh, so I, I think, you know, Sam Presti did a good job of finding him somewhere where they need him and and we got the right guy with him because he's going to grow with this franchise. Uh, the way he plays, uh, the way he acts off the court. He, he's a good locker room guy. He's a very simple guy after, after games. You know, he's home with his family, plays video games. I mean, he's a baller is what he is. And he's got the natural instinct to play either point or off. Hey, uh, Paul, what'd you think about Caitlin Clark breaking the uh, scoring record last oh. night? Oh, my gosh. I watched that game she had against Nebraska, and I was rooting that she didn't get it at Nebraska because I think when you go for a big-time record, it's great to do it in front of your fans. Um, phenomenal. I watched her two years ago, and I didn't know who she was. I was just home watching a game, and I go, yeah, I really like this girl. She's really good. And then she goes on to be you know, the greatest of all time, maybe in the women's college game. And uh, I just did an article for ESPN.com. It's coming out next week. It's comparing her to Pistol Pete Maravich, who she's chasing next for most points scored in a college career. Uh, and it's fascinating to see the comparisons between her and Pistol Pete when it comes to scoring, shooting from great distance, the passing, and the ball handling. Let's check that out. Paul Biancardi, ESPN. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. What game do you have tonight? I got a high school game. Right now we're doing games out in Kansas. I got Wasatch Academy. I got Sunrise Christian, just a high-level high school game between uh, two top 25 programs. It's on ESPNU at 530. We have another game at 730 on ESPN+. Plus. All right, let's talk about a couple of these games in the ACC tomorrow. Uh, let's start yeah. with Virginia Tech, North Carolina. 
Uh, Virginia Tech needs to win, but Carolina's coming off a loss at Syracuse, and I expect them to be motivated at home. Uh, I'm thinking heels. Where are you? Well, me too. But, you know, since they beat um, Duke, it, it seems like they've gotten a little complacent. Yeah. What do you think? No, no, I, I think that's a good way to put it. I don't I don't think they suddenly stink, but I think you're, no, you're exactly no, right. I'm, I'm, I'm watching them, and I'm saying, okay, uh, North Carolina, um, I'm sorry, Duke ended up playing Notre Dame the next game, and I think uh, UNC ended up playing Clemson, who really desperately needed that win, right? Yep. And uh, it just seems like they, they won the big game, they exhaled, and now it's like, okay, we've we got to play the rest of these teams. And these the rest of these teams are fighting for their conference life. They're trying to get into the NCAA tournament, trying to move up within the seating. Um, and I just feel like they're a little complacent right now, and it's natural. They're, they're young kids. I know Hubert Davis and his staff is trying to do everything to keep them hungry. Uh, they have the talent to be in a Final Four, and, and they have to understand the competitiveness of league play and, and get themselves a little bit angry, a little bit motivated to play these games because they should win these games that they're playing. Virginia Tech, a very good offensive team. And Carolina was so good defensively for the most part of this year. I mean, they were giving up less than 70 points, and I think in their last three games they've given up almost 80-plus points. So the defensive end has not been good. Uh, that tells me the effort and the focus maybe to detail is not there, and you better have it against Mike Young because he runs some incredible half-court sets with a lot of misdirection, a lot of actions. they got good shooters. Uh, you can't take this team lightly at all. All right, uh, kind of a similar situation, though though opposite for Duke tomorrow. They're also facing a team that you know, could really use a win against a quad one opponent, but Duke's on the road, unlike Carolina, and uh, Duke's coming off a win. Uh, you, you concerned about them going to Tallahassee at all tomorrow? Always. Anytime Duke goes down there, they, they've always uh, they've, they've struggled in, in many ways. They've, they've got upset in the past, if you remember the really good Lennon Hamilton teams. Uh, you know, Kyle Filipowski needs help, and, and right now it's Mark Mitchell giving him the help, which is great. Their front court has been terrific. Uh, the back court has been up and down. Caleb Foster is in a little bit of a, a funk, and that's what happens. I mean, freshmen get in funks. They hit the freshman wall sometime late January, early February. That's where we are right now. Uh, they show up physically, but mentally they're just not there. But I, I think uh, Duke wins a close game down in Tallahassee. I really do. All right, uh, competing styles clashing tomorrow at John Paul Jones Arena. Wake Forest, <laughs> off Wake Forest offense versus Virginia's defense. Obviously, both could use a win, but Tony's team's uh, sitting a little prettier right now than Steve's. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, this one's going to be a great game. Maybe the best game in the ACC uh, this weekend because Wake Forest, to me, is maybe the second or third best offensive team right behind Carolina and Duke and maybe as good as Duke. We saw those guys play head-to-head. The team that controls the tempo, and that's easy to say, but you cannot play Virginia's style and tempo and beat them at their own game. So Steve Forbes has to make sure this game has a little bit of pace to it, a little bit of speed, whether it's speeding up Virginia uh, through their defense or attacking on offense quickly within the shot clock. You, you've got to make this a faster-paced game. If it gets into the 70s for Wake Forest, they have a real chance. All right, last one, NC State at Clemson. Boy, these games all have a ton of yeah. meaning tomorrow in the ACC. Um, what decides NC State at Clemson at Little John? Yeah, both 7-6 and six in the ACC. I mean, this is separation time, right? This is what February is all about. One game can put you in the top five, and one loss can put you down within the, you know, the bottom eight or nine. So, to, to me, it's going to be the inside play of P.J. Hall against D.J. Burns. I love that matchup. 
Also, DJ Horn for NC State, Joe Girard uh, for Clemson. I think Clemson, with their defense, wins this game. Carolina, I'm sorry, State, a low turnover team. Kyle, keep an eye on that. If they have over 10 or 11 turnovers, that would be unusual for them. They're a very good ball possession team. But I think Clemson walks away in a close win at Little John. Hey, Paul, always a pleasure, buddy. Have a great call tonight. All right, thank you.